the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lay off the old sin, the old wicked nature, all of that stuff, and put on the new self, which has been created in Christ Jesus. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Here's the two ways that God will always give you to get out. Number one, don't go there in the first place. Don't go where you're not supposed to go. Don't turn on where you're not supposed to turn on. Don't look at where you're not supposed to look at, okay? Don't go there in the first place, okay? Number one, don't go there. And number two, are you ready? This is a secret. Are you ready? Run. Turn around and run. Get out of there. Hit the exit. If you're getting ready to do something immoral, leave immediately. Get out of Dodge. Sometimes the way of escape comes long before the temptation comes. Like when you're getting ready to go out with a friend and go clubbing. Don't wait until you're on a dance floor grinding with some of the most beautiful person you've ever seen on the planet. Oh, Lord, help me here. It's like, uh, okay, it's too late for you. I think that is possibly before La Vida Loca sets in completely, okay? I think what you should have done while you were getting ready in the mirror and everything and the Holy Spirit's like, I don't think you shouldn't go tonight. Don't go tonight. Don't go tonight. See, that's where your way of escape came. It came way before you got to the club. But, they, but I, I told them, I said, I, you know, I don't think I should go. I'm a Christian. And it's like, no, come on, come on with us anyway. No, I don't drink anymore. It's okay. You could be our safe driver. Yeah, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the driver. It's like, okay, I'm just here to help. <sighs> you, you bit into the, you got the hook. You took the bait. It's like, no, I'm not going. I am not going. See, the way of getting out of that was what? The way of escape was, I'm not going no matter what. No, I'm not going in the first place. And for those with a temper that causes great pain to those that are around you, you know when you're getting ready to snap, leave, go walk the dog. There has to be a way when you're getting hot under the collar just to say, I need to go to the store. Why? They get you some ice cream. Okay, whatever. Just get out of the place. Yes, God has given us a way of escape so that we may endure. The, that word endure means just that, so that you can survive the onslaught of the passion, the desire, in the craving, he's given you a way of escape of what we know is wrong. Remember these three things about sin. Now, I've said these multiple times before, but take them to note because they are so true. Number one, sin will take you farther than you want to go. Number two, 
Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm tired. I want to go home. It's like sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And number three, sin will always cost you more than you want to pay. I can't believe the cost that this has had on my life. I can't believe the cost of my spiritual life, my family, and those around me. It will always cost you more than you want to spend. And don't miss what verse 16 says. Do not be deceived. Don't fall under some delusion because just as temptation is not from God, we now have the contrast of what is from God in verse 17 and 18. And that's every good thing, it says, the blessings of God. Yes, without question, God blesses those who are his. I like the foundation of God's blessings. They're recorded all the way back in the Old Testament in the Pentateuch, the Torah, the law of God. I like what he said in Deuteronomy 28. He says in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 28, he says, Now it shall be if, okay, that means if you do it, it'll happen. If you don't, it won't. But if you will diligently obey the Lord your God. I mean, when you go out of your way to obey what God says, to be careful to do all of his what? His commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Wow. Verse two in Deuteronomy 28. And all these blessings shall come upon you. Who? Who? The person who listens to God's commandments and overtake you if you will obey the Lord your God. Blessed or happy shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. No matter where you go, you're going to be blessed wherever you live. Verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall be when you go out. No matter where you go on vacation, here, there, going to work, coming home, you'll be blessed. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. Anyone that comes against you will be defeated. What did Jesus say? Anyone who comes up against one of my little ones, it would be better for them to have a millstone wrapped around their neck than dropped into this sea. Wow, that wouldn't be good. Verse eight, the Lord will command the blessings upon you and in your barns and all that you put your hand to. Your bank accounts will be full because God blessings will be upon you. Verse 10, so all of the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. The whole world will look and say, they're blessed because they are a Christian nation. We don't have that anymore, do we? And they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is a very long chapter. Okay, and it's one of the longest chapters in the Bible, 68 verses. And those first 14 verses are just like, wow, blessings, blessings, blessings. But then he goes on in verse 15 and for the next 54 verses, and he says, but if you do not follow my commandments, if you do not obey my statutes, you'll be cursed in every aspect of life. And he goes on for 54 verses with that. That's what's starting to happen to America now. We're not seeing the blessings anymore. We're not seeing that we're just this blessed nation. No, we're $30 trillion in debt and everything we touch turns to garbage now. Why? Because we've abandoned God. Well, in the same way, a believer can continue to grow even though we live in this nation that has abandoned God, but God can bless you in the midst of this. So you can be blessed when you go in. You can be blessed when you go out. Because why? Because you're the people of God. 
So even though your nation is not getting blessed, you personally can be blessed by God. Yes, and that is true. And those great promises are worth turning away from the enticements that try to allure you away from God. Let's pick up and read back in James verse 19 says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Wow. Yes, we must humble ourselves before God. And one place to start is let us be quick to hear, slow to speak. When we come to Christ, we must be teachable. We must have a teachable heart. Let me ask you, are you teachable? Because some people come to Christ young. Young people are usually more teachable. It's like some people come middle-aged, some people are older. So whatever age group you're in, it doesn't matter. Are you teachable? Some might say, well, haven't you heard, Pastor, you can't teach old dog new tricks? Well, yeah, but guess what? You're not a dog, okay? And you can retrain the way that you live. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You can retrain the way that you act and live. This portion of Scripture is dedicated to the person who comes to Christ. So if you're not a Christian, blow this off. Blow the whole Bible off. doesn't matter for you. But if you come to Christ, then we need to heed this. We need to be quick to hear. That means we must first listen before we speak. Maybe that's why God gave us, you know, two ears and only one mouth. Maybe we should be listening twice as much as we speak. And second, we need to be slow at speaking again, meaning we need to have restraint on approaching others with a nasty and hasty attitude. This should be part of the fruit of being a Christian. Anyone can get mad when things don't go our way, especially. But as believers, we're told in verse 19, we're to be slow to speak and slow to anger. I love what the Bible says in Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Don't stir up the pot. There's plenty of the pot stirring going on here. Yes, we should be compassionate. We should be loving to those around us. Every encounter is an opportunity to share how much God loves the people within that situation. And that God loves them and has a plan for their lives. A plan that far exceeds their own plans. And as it says in verse 20, having a bad attitude does not achieve the righteousness of God. For God deals with us with loving kindness. God deals with us graciously, does he not? But anger will only push people away. See, this is why it's so important for a Christian to have a changed life. Because a changed life should draw people to you. Maybe you were a hothead before. All of a sudden, you're not a hothead. People are waiting for you to explode, but you don't explode. Wow, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? 
What do you mean? Well, you would normally be jumping down my throat right now. It's like, no, it's like, well, Christ has changed me. This is why it's not just enough to be, I'm a good person. Uh, Okay, great. You're a good person. No, I'm a good person because Christ has come in my life. I am not jumping down your throat because Christ has been gracious to me. I want to be gracious to you. See, this is what draws people to Christ. That's why we're told in verse 21 to put aside all filthiness and wickedness. Wait a minute, you used to be the party animal. You you used to do this and you used to do that. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. Because I've come to Christ, I am not that person anymore. See, people can argue religion with you all day long. All day long, they can argue on different topics of the Bible, but they can't not argue with a changed life. That term laying aside means to put them off like the taking off of dirty clothes. So it's like when he talks about laying aside our old self, he's talking about like peeling off those nasty, dirty, stinky clothes and lay them aside. Get those things off. Get them off completely. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.22, he says that in reference to your former manner of life, meaning before the way you used to live before you came to Christ. He says, lay aside the old self. Peel them off like nasty, stinky clothes, and which are being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Put the new self on. In the spiritual sense, lay off the old sin, the old wicked nature, all of that stuff, and put on the new self, which has been created in Christ Jesus. Yes, we have been made a new creation in Christ. We must reach out to others with humility. Which brings up our final point, turning to God's word. Let's pick up and read here as we continue in James chapter 1, verse 22. He says, but prove yourselves, prove it, doers of the word, and not just a hearer who deludes himself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and he's gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of a person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and he abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man, this woman, shall be blessed in what they do. Wow, you'll be blessed. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, and yet does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. Like if there's not changing your life, your religion's worthless. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Wow, wow. Yes, the way to make right turns in life, turns that will change our lives for the better, is to prove ourselves doers of the word of God and not just hearers. Like you come to church and blah, 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 and you go out and you're the same, same old person. Because if we just hear God's word, but it never takes root 
and causes change in our life, then the Bible says you're just deluding yourself. You're fooling yourself. God uses a mathematics term here, one that means you came up with the wrong answer, meaning you miscalculated what Christianity was all about. I wonder if there are any here today that have miscalculated your faith, like you call yourself a Christian, but really, is there any change in your life? For example, let me read you two verses, and what do you think of your faith when you hear these two verses? First one is 1 John 1, 6. It says, if we say that we have fellowship, a relationship with God, but yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. So if you say like, oh, I I know God, I go to church every Sunday, but yet you are habitually doing the same sin over and over and over again, He says, you lie and you don't practice the truth. Here's another verse that kind of says the same thing in a different way. He says in Titus 1.16, they profess to know God. Who? People go to church. They say they're a Christian. They profess to know God, but by the deeds of their life, like how you actually live out uh, Monday through Saturday, okay, by your own deeds, you deny him being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. So, What does that say to you and how you're living? And is it calculated not to the right answer that you're a Christian? See, how secure do you feel in your faith? Look, none of us are perfect. We all have our areas and weaknesses. But are you living every day in a known sin? Like you just have this thing that's happening in your life. It's just happening all the time. You're not even fighting it anymore. Has that sin become a habit in your life? Are you allowing something that you know is wrong in your life? That's the question. Are you allowing something that you know is wrong in your life and you're refusing to deal with that sin? See, God doesn't go good with that. It's one thing if you're struggling with it. I'm battling this thing. Oh man, it's every day. It's a battle in your fight. Okay, that's one thing. That's what God wants. Fight that sin. But if you just given into it and like you're not even dealing with it anymore, are you having sex outside of marriage? And it's like, oh, yeah, like, well, we love each other. Well, you love pizza and you love, you know, wiener dogs too, whatever. You know, it's like, well, it doesn't even matter. You know, it's like if you're going places that you shouldn't be going, doing things that you know are wrong, don't you think that's wrong? Understand, the best way to overcome an area that we're weak in is twofold. So if you have a weakness in your life, here's a twofold way of dealing with that area. Number one get into reading God's word. Because many will say, you know, it just doesn't seem I have enough faith to fight this thing. Like, pastor, I keep, I keep fighting. Like, I really do love Jesus, and I'm really, I'm having a hard time here. I, like, I don't have enough faith for this. Okay, I'm glad that you're being honest. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to get more into hearing the word of God that'll build that faith up inside of you because that is how faith is built by hearing and hearing the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. It's literally God-breathed, and it's profitable for you as a Christian. It's profitable for teaching. It's profitable for reproof, to correct what's happening in our life, for training in righteousness so that the man of God or the woman of God may be adequately equipped for every good deed. So if you're a man or a woman and you want to be adequate before God, then get into his word. So number one, hearing 
and relying on God's word, number one. Number two, we must do what it says. We must do what the Bible says, or we will be that person who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look like. So we have to do what it says to do. So when you're reading the Bible and everything, that's when God speaks to me many times. I'm just reading through the scripture, and all of a sudden, bink, bink, right there. That's, that's you. I want you to do this. It's like, let no filthy communication come out of your mouth. Whoa, you know, I'm always telling dirty jokes. Well, stop telling dirty jokes. Well, the clean ones aren't funny. Well, then you're not the comedian anymore. It's like, you know, and it's like, so just set it aside. You know, it's like, but when you're reading and God points something out to you, do it. Do it. And then God was like, oh, they're teachable now. Finally, they're teachable. Know this, the word of God espouses our faults. It reveals who we really are. That's why we must enact what is right and change what we know that is wrong. That's why for us in verse 25, the law of God becomes the law of liberty. See, once the law of God was burdensome and heavy to us, but has now come to us since we've been saved by God's grace, now it's the law of liberty. Jesus said in John eight thirty one, if you abide in me and you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Don't we want to be free? Don't you want to be walking with no burden? Don't you want to just be, have that freedom like, oh, I feel like I'm light as a feather. You know, because it's just, you know, it's just so wonderful to just be free. That's what God wants us to be. See, in Christ, we're free to no longer sin. Like we don't have to sin anymore. Because we are no longer the slaves of sin. When we sin, we sin because we're drawn away by our own lust and we're enticed. But now God has given us a clear and a powerful way of escape. He has given us victory over sin and death. There is no sin in your life that you cannot combat with the word of God. None. We are exhorted in James 4, 7. Submit therefore to God humble yourself submit yourself to god resist the devil and he will flee from you it's like those temptations come and they bombard you no i resist you satan in the name of jesus no i'm going to get out of this place i'm no longer going to do that i am not going to look at that i'm going to go over here i'm not going to do it again and you just you take command i resist you satan get behind me satan and that's you start enacting your faith Then all of a sudden, what happens? You have victory. And don't worry about victory next Thursday at 9.30 at night. Don't worry about that victory. Worry about the victory today. And then tomorrow, worry about the victory tomorrow. Don't worry about what he's going to do next week. Because the enemy is always going to want to cause you to stumble. Christian, if you're battling in sin, rise up, man or woman of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice how this chapter ends in verse 26 and 27 with the obvious fruit, the outward signs of a true believer. He says that our speech would be changed because the purity of our heart will always be known by what comes out of our mouth. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All of a sudden, I, I don't have to guard from telling dirty jokes. I don't want to tell dirty jokes anymore. I want people to know that I'm a Christian. I don't want to cuss anymore. I don't want to drop F-bombs anymore. I want it to be different because I'm changing from the inside out. 
And we're, and we're also to live out our faith by reaching out to those that are in need. Here we're given an example of orphans and widows and, and those without parents, those who have lost spouses. We're to reach out to them and to also keep ourselves, what does it say? Unstained from the world. That word, as we end here, unstained or unspotted in the King James Bible means to keep ourselves unblemished from the world. This implies a personal purity to not allow the world to pollute us. Don't be like the world. Maybe you're here today and you have been stained. Maybe you're here today and the stains of your guilt are manifesting themselves with shame in your life. Know this, God can remove the guilt, the shame, and all the stains. No matter what you've done, God can forgive you. Why? Because he loves you and he wants to wash you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.